This is the story of an average guy and a beautiful girl. Hi. Don't tell me your name. I'll just call you Beauty. You must be a sensitive person. I bet you're a fan of Rod McEwen's. I try to be. And his best friend. I am Captain Chaos. Been a cop long. And a family doctor. Police. Come on right here. And how they all set out one day in an ambulance from New York to California at 150 miles per hour. California, here we come. But they aren't the only ones. Because this is the Cannonball Run. America's illegal Grand Prix. And it doesn't matter how you get there. It's who gets there first. Burt Reynolds is the defending champion. On his team, Farrah Fawcett. Are you one of those volleyballers? Cannonballers. Dom DeLuise and Jack Elam. And here comes the competition. Will you hurry up, you little... Dean Martin. We happen to be in a race. Sammy Davis, Jr. You, shorty. Where'd you get all that jewelry? Take a layup, layup. Mel Tillis and Terry Bradshaw. <laughs> Jackie Chan. <laughs> and Roger Moore as himself. I'm Roger Moore. <laughs> Roger Moore. <laughs> We're in kind of a hurry, so if you could just bless it a little bit. We'll Unscrupulous. Oh, I gotta bless her. Oh, I'm sorry, Father. She's a Zen Buddhist. Yeah, what Desperate character. Ready. By land. By sea. By air. They'll do anything. Drive anything. Say anything. It's hard to understand you. When I called you, I was doing 140 miles an hour. And stop at nothing. Normally, I drive right around the speed limit. We all make mistakes, miss. But 160? To win the Cannonball Run. Yeah, we're looking good. Come on, faster! Cannonball Run. The only movie to get over 200 tickets before it even opens. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson podcast. I am once again joined by two of my favorite guests, Chase and Bryce from The Movie Gap. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. This is Chase, in case you're paying attention. And I'll let you guys deduce who this is. Bryce is looking very Caribbean. I know this is a... uh, but he's got this Hawaiian shirt open down the front. He's smoking a cigarette. He looks like a pool boy about to seduce a housewife. Well, you know, uh, when in Rome, right, Scott? We just went through this deep freeze, and we got some warm weather, and I'm, I am embracing the fuck out of it. So, All right. Here we are. Speaking of embracing the fuck out of something, the movie we're looking at today is the 1980 epic Cannonball Run. Starring Burt Reynolds, Roger Moore, Dom DeLuise, Farrah Fawcett, Sammy Davis Jr., Dean Martin, and a whole laundry list of celebrities. 1981. 1981. You are correct. I am sorry, Chase. Yes, you are correct. Wow. Look at this. This guy comes on your show and he gives you this. I come with the knowledge. I I come with the knowledge. What can I say? You you let the guy, you let the moderator do his job, Chase. You let him run the show. Actually, 
actually, it was 1981. Yeah, yeah, you're that guy. Congrats. But this movie with me is, this was one of the first movies I saw by myself in a movie theater. So I was probably 11 or 12 when this came out. And when I first saw it, I was just attracted by the race. I didn't know... I mean, this movie is chock full of, it's sort of like a, a mad, 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 mad world movie where there's just a bunch of, I guess, stars who were past their prime, but mm-hmm. were in this movie. And I just want to say, now, Bryce, you told me that you weren't able to see this entire movie, but the parts that you did see, did you recognize or did you know any of the stars of the movie besides Burt Reynolds? Oh, oh yeah yeah okay. definitely uh i recognize dom de louise right yes is that correct yeah. that's correct and then um roger moore obviously you know because i've seen uh, roger moore is my favorite bond growing up okay odd, well uh we're he's mine too which is we're usually in the cool. minority but roger moore is my favorite bond as well yeah same i thought his bond movies overall were the most enjoyable at, you know when i was growing up and uh so i definitely recognized him um, and there were a few other faces that I recognized, but I failed to remember. So, and Chase, I, mean, I know you're uh, more of a movie buff as well, so I know yeah. you probably recognized the majority of the of the people. Yeah, the for the for the most part. I mean, there was uh, you know, um, I mean, obviously Terry Bradshaw, which is weird for me, but I you know, being a, not a sports guy, but I did know him. Um, I couldn't tell you what team he played for. <laughs> I can tell you. Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers, yes. All right, there you go. Four um, Super Bowl rings. That's right. Yeah. Um, and I, and just this little side note, during the NFC Championship halftime when Tom Brady was playing, Terry Bradshaw uh, talking about Tom Brady said, Tom Brady is one of the best quarterbacks, not of all time, he said of the last 25 years. So he <laughs> apparently was uh, very much trying to keep himself maintain his status. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah I knew, uh, I mean, I knew Dean Martin and Sammy Davis, Davis Jr. I'm sure Bryce knew them too. Um, and uh, Jackie Chan. Um, I knew who Jamie Farr was. And uh, I, uh, it was further. Oh than yeah. Bryce. Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah. I know it was further than when Bryce got into it, but there was one guy who was like, I was like, man, they, they really made that guy look like Peter Fonda it, with, a, with a motorcycle gang. And then I realized it is Peter Fonda. It's Peter Fonda. <laughs> so, yeah. At first, I just, I thought it was somebody that looked like him and they were making fun of Easy Rider or whatever. But then I realized it was Peter Fonda. Um, and I knew, um, I mean, there was a lot of them. And then there was a lot that I, I didn't know. And I, and I still don't. So, um we can get into that as as we come across some of the the characters as we introduce them. So, well, now the a weird thing about this this movie is impossible to find online and streaming to uh, per, yeah to purchase or rent. Cannonball Run two all over the internet, no problem finding that one. But this one is basically strictly found on DVD or or Blu Ray. I'm not sure if it's on a Blu Ray, but I, it we might not even not, be. I had to physically give my copy to Chase. Yeah. So he could watch the movie and get it to Bryce. I don't know why this movie of all movies is almost impossible, is impossible to find on the internet. Yeah, that doesn't happen all too often, but every once in a while you'll come across something that is just not on anything. But this is like the biggest 
movie that I've noticed that with because this, I mean, I don't know how well this did in theaters or anything like that, but I, oh, I've heard it of was this a, many times. It was a giant. It was a giant hit. Yeah, I mean enough that they made a sequel. Yes, but there this a couple? Movie, did they make a couple sequels? They was made this- they made Cannibal Run two, and then they made a, another movie called Speed Zone. They're doing the can. It's not called Cannonball Run three, but in the movie they're doing the Cannonball Run. So technically, it is a sequel, but nobody. Oh, okay. And it's the same setup where it's a bunch of famous people. In a, it stars John Candy and and uh, and Peter Boyle. Just it's only the concept that's the same as the first first two. Yeah, but it, it was. I was like super surprised that we could not, we couldn't find it. like you cannot rent it online, and it wasn't on any streaming service. And you know, like, I where are you gonna go to find a movie rental place? So it was, uh, yeah, we had to rely on you getting the the actual copy over to me, and uh, that's as far as it got. <laughs> yes, because all three of us are in Houston, and we had that horrible, horrible winter storm last week. So we were actually scheduled to do this last week, and we had to you know, had to reschedule because of all the all the yeah. shit that happened to us. And we were going to do it like two weeks before that, but the we couldn't find a copy of the movie to watch. Right? <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, it got so, delayed twice. Once yeah, by God and once by Amazon. God again? The God, the God of, Bezos, the God of yeah. streaming rights? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And like, I don't understand where the the streaming rights could be a problem because there's no like music in this. It wouldn't be any of that. And like, I don't know if this is just like the the studios that made it aren't around and it, you know they got pieced out or something there there has to be a reason uh that it's not on some street on on anywhere to even rent you know that's beyond just uh you know the fact that maybe everybody who's seen it has already seen it because it's not the dvd you can find it i you can find it anywhere for 5 bucks and it's a mm-hmm. bin it's not one of these hard to find dvds either where it costs you like 50 bucks on amazon or on ebay yeah, yeah it's an easy to find dvd i just don't well anyway enough of all that yeah so overall bryce the part of the movie that you what did you like the movie did you enjoy the movie um i you know i gotta be candid here scott uh i uh was really just um what i saw was to me the definition of uh pick a lane you know it was like what (laughs) the fuck is going on like like within the first like 20 minutes or something uh you you meet 40 different characters and there's all this stuff that you're hoping is gonna just you know kind of all be glued together eventually and it just was so all over the place that I really uh was having a hard time fathoming what I was watching you know (laughs) Um, it was, uh, but that's not to say necessarily that I thought it was bad. It was just hard for me to really form an opinion, especially without being able to see the end, you know, but at first I was, I was a little overwhelmed by, uh, what the fuck was going on here. And the, uh, reveal of all the, all of the, uh, stars, you know, which obviously they wanted to do quickly. Um, since I, I'm assuming the previews kind of packed that promise, right? That it was going to be some star-studded event. Yes, right? yes. The 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 preview was they just they named pretty much everybody in the movie, um, right? Yeah. It was kind of like watching um, um, 
Mars attacks again, you know, but 20 years earlier where it's like, oh, this guy's in it. Oh, this guy's in it. Oh, yeah. this guy's in it. You know? Yeah, and that, and that goes that goes to with what he was, what Scott was talking about with Mad, 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 Mad World, which was in the, what was that, 50s or 60s maybe? Uh, 60s. Just, it was in the yeah, 60s. Yeah, it was just a huge cast. And then on top of that cast, there was, you know, 50 or 60, like, just cameos. You know, all the way from yeah. like Three Stooges to everybody else. So, like, it's it's very similar to that. But uh, I uh, I pretty much hated it. I really? thought it was terrible. <laughs> I uh, I like I couldn't follow it, and it's it's a simple simple plot. But it took me forever to realize, like they start they introduced the race, and then I thought that they were like in the race. It, I thought that the race was already going when we started, but I didn't realize that they were all like looking for their car or getting to the starting line. And then, you know, as, as we said before, like I, I uh, started to watch it and then it got to the point where the, the version that we had didn't work anymore. And that was about an hour in, which is when the race starts. And so like, right when I was like, okay, the race is starting. We, I had to take a break until I could get the DVD. So it was, I mean, I was kind of confused there. And then even as you go on, it's like during, like during the second, or the third uh, act of the the movie or whatever, if you can call it that, if it's even really divided into acts, but like every, every character, every, uh, or team, I should say, has like an issue, like their car uh, malfunctions or they get pulled over or something's going on. And then like, so they're each having all these issues and everything's stopping. And then the next thing is they're just all stopped at a, at a train or at a, at a blocked road and they're all back together and they haven't explained how these people didn't get arrested or this car, you know, got out of a ticket or this one got, you know, off of, you know, being crashed or whatever. They're just all there. And it starts almost, there's like starts the movie back over with 10 blocks to go. Yeah. So like the whole movie doesn't matter after that, before that point. And I found that frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> I can agree with and, it. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's not, I mean, for my taste, it's not funny. Like, I I think that it's like, I don't know. I don't. I I saw where the jokes were, and they're just. I guess it's because they're just old. You know, there's not a lot of. I definitely got that impression too. Like it was. Yeah. It definitely felt of its time as far as the humor was, and and it. But but um, but like more. Not not like of its time, like Marx Brothers, where you can like still watch it and understand that it's from the 30s and stuff, but still like kind of enjoy it. It really felt more like um, like like how like um, a movie would come out in today's age that's clearly meant to be a blockbuster, and it's got these writers that aren't comedians and but they're putting jokes into the movie and it's just not good. You know, that's kind of what this felt like it felt like a lot of forced humor points and i think a lot of it is lost on just like who these people were as like i don't know what a lot of the the characters were if they were characters that this person played in other things or if that's like you know because i know like dean martin and sammy davis jr were doing themselves and uh, but then like you have uh jamie farr doing the 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 chic which was just like you know, way, way beyond anything you do now. But, um, you know, and then... They actually, uh, like, they actually call him a camel jockey in the movie. Yeah, yeah, they do. They wow. Call him a camel yeah. yeah, you wow. didn't get to that part, yeah. And, oh uh, you know, God. there's the whole the whole uh, subplot of the, uh, of, uh, what's her name? Uh, Barrett Foster. Uh, Heather, 
Uh, Farrah Fawcett, yeah. Uh, yeah, Farrah Fawcett, where she is, they drug her and kidnap her in the back of this ambulance, and then she becomes a love interest, or more or less. You know, it's just like... I don't know why you're pouting. I mean, look, we're taking a nice leisurely trip to California, and we're picking up all the bills. This could be fun. I can't believe this is happening to me. This is not a joke anymore. I'm being kidnapped. Well, you can call it kidnapping if you want to be rude. Just think, we have a professional physician on board in case somebody gets swamp fever. You guys are strange. JJ. Yeah. We got company. Yeah, here. Okay, beauty. You lie down and be a patient for the police. No. Come on, why? Don't. I'm not gonna help you. You didn't even help Mr. Foyt. 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 And and there's a song. I noticed that after that. Oh, it was uh, in the in the Japanese car though with the uh, remember the uh, Chinese team in the what were they in the the Subaru that was yeah. all with the insane computers. Uh, and uh, Jackie Chan starts watching Green the the behind the green door or whatever that old porno, and like that porno is about a girl who gets kidnapped and they make her have sex a lot or whatever. So I was like, that's, that's kind of the movie that we're watching <laughs> with Mary Fawcett. She's living through it. But then she becomes part of the, t- it, it's like she becomes part of the, t- it's sort of like uh, what, uh, Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. 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 Right. Because there were several times when they stopped, she could have ran away or tried to use the phone or anything like that. But after the initial I'm being kidnapped, she's like, okay, that's fine. And, uh, uh, and and like I get it. Uh, Burt Reynolds is fucking cool. Like that's the the thing that I noticed in this movie is that he's so fucking cool that I found him cool as shit. Even though you could tell he did not give a fuck about being in this movie, his whole attitude was above this movie. <laughs> but this, I kind of got that feeling too. This was the pinnacle of Burt Reynolds. This mm. was the height, height, height of his movie career. The mid to late 70s to the early 80s, Burt Reynolds was the number one box office draw for five years in a row. And this was the height. And he got, at the time, he got $5 million for four weeks of shooting. Yeah, it was like uh, the highest pay ever, right? It was at the highest time? pay ever at the time, yes. Yeah. Wow. But I, and like, I see, that was the other thing is that for some reason, when you, when you asked us to do this, I was certain I had seen this movie. And uh, I was trying to remember what it was about. And I kept thinking about like, uh, basically I was remembering uh, uh, Smokey and the Bandit. <laughs> and I have seen that. And that is a better movie. That is, the, I haven't seen it since I was like 15 or 16, but I, I remember it having a plot and, and uh, being entertained funnier. I don't know. I think that this movie just kind of the the short it's just a series of like short little vignettes, you know, that are you either think are funny or or you don't and then it moves on real like real fast. It's almost like a it's almost like a cartoon, like nothing like family guy episode where like nothing has consequence. Uh, I would agree with that. Yes, and the vignettes it might work to the movie's advantage. It's like, if you don't think it's funny, it's going to go to the next one and to the next one really quickly. Yeah. But to go back to your point, or I believe it might have been Bryce's point, 
if you showed this movie today to millennials, they're not going to know who a majority of those people are because a lot of the jokes, Oh no. A lot of the jokes in the movie relied on you knowing who that person was. Dean Martin was drunk while driving a car that, so he was known for being a drunk. I can almost guarantee you he was not acting drunk. He was just very drunk. In, oh, I'm sure scenes. he was. He did not seem like he was shining it on. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, go ahead. Continue. I don't know if they did like well, your millennials wouldn't know. Yeah, like, I don't think that anyone would know who um, Roger Moore is. Like, you know, I mean, James Bond, you know, most of the people, you know, if you show it to any like 20 year old, their James Bond isn't even, you know, uh, it's it's a uh, Pierce Brosnan or Daniel Craig, you know what I mean? Like, if, I don't know how much people go back on on and watch old James Bonds uh, unless somebody makes them, you know what I mean? But at the time, this had huge name recognition because Roger Moore was James Bond at the time, and uh, Burt Reynolds was the highest highest paid movie uh, movie star at the time, and Farrah Fawcett. This was right around maybe a little after Charlie's Angels, so. All these people had a little bit of heat behind them in this. And, and that's one of the reasons why the movie was made. The critics hated it, but it was a giant. I mean, it was a giant box office hit. Well, you know, that one of the things that, um, to go for what you were even saying, that you wanted to see the movie based on the and everything like that when you were a kid, that uh, there's a lot of uh, driving in this movie that is really, really cool, but I feel like it was shot poorly. I feel like the the they knew how to do these stunts, and these stunts would look really badass if they shot them a little better. You know, like it was all from an angle, or the, and then there was a lot of like sped up uh, driving that didn't need to be. You know, it I don't know. It just seemed like um, the that a lot of the the stunts have been more impressive closer up or something. You know what I mean? Like just with a little bit less. Uh, like, yeah, but Chase, you're saying you're saying that as someone that is a giant fan of the Fast and the Furious franchise, and so you know you gotta. We also have to consider the source here for the people listening. This is why this guy prefers close-up shots of the cars racing because this guy creams on that stuff. Yeah, he. I think this is a little too old for you. Well, that, yeah, I think um, it, you know, I'm sure it has to do with with the the camera uh, equipment and everything like that. You get it as close, and you can't. But I feel like it was just, I don't know, it, the angles were just like straight on. It was a very uninteresting way of shooting, like a jump. It was almost like you're watching, you know, just evil can evil jump over that fountain, where it's like you're you're just far away and you just watch the actual stunt instead of making that stunt look. Yeah and i think that there's just ways to do that and i feel like because i know that this guy who directed this right he was he was a cannonball runner guy he was he, he uh, was he yes that was race, right? hal needleman that was the yeah. van they used in the movie was the actual van that he used in the race yeah and then and so did that happen wait, 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 wait. can i yeah go ahead can i ask a question real quick yeah wait so the the cannonball run is a real thing? It was. Wow, okay. It was a real uh, thing. Okay, is, what's the story behind that? This isn't supposed to be some kind of biopic, is it? No, no. Is the guy like, yeah, I'm Burt Reynolds. Yeah, you know, totally. Like well, that he kind was. Of shit. 
he was Burt Reynolds like stuntman, wasn't he? Or was he uh, yeah. just no? I don't know if he was a shit. stunt double, but Hal Needleman used to be a stuntman before he turned director. And but I which is why the stunts look great; they're just not shot right. Yes, I everything was shot flat. It was like watching the Indianapolis Five Hundred. There was no inside the. I mean, all the shots inside the car, most of the part were clearly they. It was clearly two people in a set just jostling back and forth. Uh, they weren't actually in the in yeah. the car at the time, for the most part. Or uh, or it was a yeah, or it was like a you know if a, a, a trailer hit like they were pulling on. Oh, a trailer they were being pulled by know. a trailer. Yeah, when it was. Yeah, yeah. Which that that stuff looks fine. Like I don't have a problem with that. I'm just saying that the stunts themselves, like these stunts, were great. Like there was a lot of really cool ones, especially in that last like 30 minutes or so. I wish it was shot in a way that made it interesting more than just like <laughs> watching the actual. Good. I think that maybe he was one. He the uh, uh, Hal uh, was it Hal Needleman, right? Hal Needleman. What was his name? The director. Yeah, Hal Needleman. One, he probably didn't really get photography and and how to shoot things interestingly like that. And two, he was probably like, it's more interesting to actually see the whole thing because he is, you know, somebody who knows what goes on in a car and how to, you know, like how a stunt is pulled off. So it's more interesting to for him be like look at this car going this way and just jumping this cliff, you know, as opposed to like, you know, cutting it and doing, you know, interesting things with it or, or multiple angles or something. I mean, I think this might've been one of his first films. He, he directed quite a few of Burt Reynolds films. We were talking about, what was it? Uh, Farrah Fawcett getting kidnapped. There was also a scene where uh, Burt Reynolds call, you know, we get Jamie Farr's called a, a Campbell jockey in the movie. And then some, yeah. and then Burt Reynolds she, called Sammy Davis Jr. a chocolate. Well, first of all, Sammy Davis Jr. and Dean Martin are impersonating priests. Yeah, the whole movie. Yeah. And Burt Reynolds that's called their, Sammy Davis gimmick. Jr. at one point a chocolate monk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, then, and, and when he. Oh, so, my God, so, dude. Uh, Bryce, I don't think you got to that, uh, the point where uh, they. Sammy Davis Jr. and um, and Dean Martin pull uh, uh, Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise. They pull them off to the side of the road, and they don't know that they're not priests, you know. But he's like, "Oh, I want to bless you. I want to bless you." And so they, while they're quote unquote blessing them, one of them is letting the air out of their tires so that they can beat. Them. Yeah. So to get them back later, uh, they're. Uh, Burt Reynolds is pulling out of a gas station and uh, stops by a cop and tells the cop that there's two priests in a red uh, Camaro or, or Ferrari or whatever Ferrari. it was at that gas station. Yeah, Ferrari. The, the, at the gas station who uh, flashed the girl that flashed uh, Farrah Fawcett and they're running around dressed as priests flashing women and one of them is, is black or something. <laughs> no, that was where they were getting, they go, wait, one of them's black, and they're like, "Well, priest," and they're like, "I think you can." <laughs> Just, well, it was very weird. It was one of those that things. Is... Like, should we be having this conversation? <laughs> right. Let alone have it be like written for a script, and yeah, then but, 
oh, deformed. Yeah, and then he tells so he tells the the cop that there's a black and a white priest who've been flashing women. And right before he leaves, he goes, "Oh, by the way, they're both armed." And the cop goes, "That's the way I like," or something like that, and just stops and waits for him with his gun drawn, ready to shoot. There's going to be a red Ferrari come flying through here in a few seconds, and the two men driving are responsible for the victim lying back here in this ambulance. Victim. A flasher victim. You want to know the worst part? What's that? They're dressed as priests. Go on. Well, I guess they think it's a little kinkier, you know, dressed as priests. God damn, that's sick. I'll handle this. Oh, one more thing. I think they're armed. Damn, I hope so. It'll give me an excuse. It was... All right, dude. So, <laughs> yeah. th- th- okay. So this is just like making me wonder even more based off of what I have seen. And then now this other shit that I'm hearing, Scott, what, who, do you know anything about the writing of this movie? Who wrote it? Um, any of that kind of shit, because based on what we were talking about, how like Chase, I think very accurately described it as a set of vignettes uh, for comedic effect. That's definitely what I saw. I mean, who the fuck wrote this movie? This and and why such weird shit? Like I remember the, the when you first meet Roger Moore, I don't remember exactly what went down, but it was some. I just remember coming away from that scene feeling extremely creeped out and weirded out because it was some kind of. Uh, and correct me, please. It was some kind of unknowing tone of like I'm gonna kill you, mother. And they were joking, but he was fucking serious, and like you were like, what's the joke here? Yeah, like I, had, I had to watch that scene twice because I thought I understood it, but then I didn't because it's, yeah. it's got a lot of like meta layers, right? If you want to go ahead. Yeah. The Roger Moore explain, character. Uh, so his character name. Yeah. His name is Senior Seymour Goldfarb Jr. in the movie. Yeah. So, so the Roger Moore character movie. is very meta. He's a guy who looks like Mar- Roger Moore and is going around yeah. pretending to be Roger Moore. And so that's why his mother found his gun and his mother, apparently, you know, he's a rich guy, but this is what he does for fun. He pretends to be Roger Moore. So in the movie, but he's, but he's not pretending to be Roger Moore. He's pretending to be James Bond, but he's pretending to say Roger Moore though. So like he's pretending to be Roger Moore and he just decides that Roger Moore is Bond. Is that is that like that's how I had to figure it out. Well Moore Moore was Bond at the time though, so it would make yeah, sense but, that he's but not in real life. Moore. Like Roger Moore does not run around in an Aston Martin oh, right. with spy gadgets and oh yeah, you missed all, right. all the stuff you know with, what, Chase? With, when his Aston Chase, Martin you're being, has you're being actually guy again. <laughs> say what? No, I'm just saying like Roger Moore isn't isn't actually James Bond. Yes, that is true. And, and yes, he was that being Roger Moore <laughs> as James Bond. Roger Moore. Yeah, was that playing, is true. Roger Moore was playing a guy called Seymour who was pretending to be Roger Moore as James Bond. Yeah. So it was like there you go. it was like four. So it was levels. super meta, like what you were saying. It was yeah, super it was like meta. Four levels of meta. Yeah. Yeah. Meta to wow, a fault. That's crazy. And. Metaphorical. Um, I don't know what that word means. <laughs> the, I need uh, my drop The movie was almost sued because whenever Roger Moore was on screen, they used James Bond type music, and the mm-hmm. people who produced right. the people who produced the James Bond movies almost sued Cannonball Run because they said the music was just way too close, 
I mean, did they? They didn't win because it's not the same. They didn't sue. They didn't sue, but it was like they said that they were. They said the music was so, so, so close that any more they would have been sued. So the people who made Mm -hmm. the James Bond music for Cannonball Run went right up to the line and stopped, (laughs) and apparently they did it perfectly. And then after that, after Roger Moore made this movie they put in Roger Moore's contracts that he couldn't parody James Bond anymore after oh. he did this movie. Yes. Wow. Yeah, that was that was also so weird to think of, like, because he was still actively playing James Bond. Oh, this was, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, this was in the middle of his James Bond. So, yes, he was still actively doing James Bond at this time. I mean, that's that's just nuts. That's like, you know... Uh, in like 2014 if uh um robert downey jr did a a remake of this movie where his character was a guy who looked like robert downey jr and ran around in an iron man costume like (laughs) making all of his money doing this thing and then just acts like a jackass in the suit like to make fun of it that is nuts that's like i don't know look at a gift horse in the mouth or i don't know piss in the biting the hand that feeds you i guess I I do think this proves that Roger Moore had a good sense of humor about himself and about mm-hmm. the James Bond character. He didn't take himself too seriously. A lot of people say that the Roger Moore James Bonds were a little goofy, but I think that's why they I like them. Yeah. I don't yeah. think well, they, I don't think yeah. Roger Moore took it as serious as the other actors. Well, and mm-hmm. and the Roger Moore era Bonds, like when I was a kid, those were definitely because that was Gadget Bond. He was like super. He had all the the cooler gadgets. Like that became the, you know, the you know, the whole thing that you know when people think about Bond, it's all like, oh, you know, uh, Q making him all these insane little gadgets and the car that has the smoke screens and all that kind of stuff. And that came around more with uh, with Roger Moore than it did with um, uh, with Connery so before him. I, and I will say that Roger Moore in this movie is good. Like he he is not like it's it's not. It's surprisingly not tongue-in-cheek when he plays it. You know, he's playing it pretty straight. Which is the way you had to play it to, to mm-hmm. make it work. Right. I was also, you know, we, so we, and we, have, we have Farrah Fawcett, and then we have the two women in uh, their sports car, and those were like the only, the only three uh, racer, uh, women in the, in the film, basically. Yeah, except for every the, the running gag, which yeah. I did enjoy, the running gag of uh, going back to Roger Moore. Every single time it would cut him back to him in his car, he had a different woman of a different like <laughs> uh, nationality, like with a thick yes. accent from a different country, uh, in his car with him, and never showed him stop to let one off and get the other one. It was just always every time, and his conversation would pick up as though it was the same girl. Uh, you know they would all end with the same thing which is oh don't press that uh that cigarette lighter you'll i'm not ready to get rid of you that fast or whatever you know basically saying that you know you hit that cigarette lighter and it's an ejector seat and that's the end of like every conversation i wouldn't you have loved to seen a couple of older hollywood actresses in a car at that time it was this movie is so ripe where you could i had have a mother-daughter combo or yeah or well, and and to say that, like, you know, if it was, you know, a little better written or whatever to have, 
like none of the characters really had anything. They were all very shtick. So you could do anything. But why why waste your time on two or three of the guys? Teams of guys were just rednecks. I mean, you had uh, Terry Terry Bradshaw and um, uh, Mel Tillis. I have his name down here. I by the way, I don't know who Mel Tillis is. Country singer. Okay, but he was the one that was paired with Terry Bradshaw, right? Yes. Yeah. So um, I couldn't. I also to go against the Roger Moore thing. I think that I hope. I hope that every shot they had with Terry Bradshaw was the only take. Because if that was the best take, if any of those were the best take, then I don't understand why they ever put that man in front of a camera again. But, uh, like, so they're rednecks. You, you, you mean you didn't like his fucking 1-800-Collect commercials in the 90s, dude? He was fucking I mean, those were, those were better than this. These, these things, it seemed like he would mess up his lines, and they kept it. You know, yeah. like it was it was pretty bad. And I think part of that is the the Mel Tills, Tills character I didn't get because he was stuttering so much. Which well, was that was that have. was something he had. And that was a real life thing. OK, so that's a weird thing to have that character with a stutter be with a guy who can barely speak, you know, coherent English <laughs> because of his like thick country accent. So you couldn't really understand either of them, but they really couldn't understand each other either. Yeah. Other than, you know, get the beer, which I guess is like the joke. But you, so you have them, and then there's the other truck uh, with the the redneck in it, and there was like the one redneck, and I think the other, they were both rednecks, but one of them was from Brooklyn. Yes, the guy that looked like, yeah, the, he looked like Flea. I don't know, if, you know, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, but that guy looked like a really tall flea. So it, it, to make your point, like drop those two characters and put in two uh, women characters that could bring something to it, or Adrian Barbeau. And, and her partner didn't even really do anything. They had like one scene before they win the race. Like they like do something with those characters. The three lead women in here are all very attractive. We have Burt Reynolds and Roger Moore who were attractive men, but then all the other supporting casts are these older guys. Like have those, have women in there that aren't, you know, quote unquote, the standard of beauty have, have real women in there couple uh, like i said a mother and daughter or or two sisters that want to win the race just women aren't just objects that either uh use their boobs to get out of tickets or are literally kidnapped to take in the race and after and the thing going back to this they try to smooth it over after farrah fawcett is kidnapped there's this tender scene between her and burt reynolds hi Hello. You look tired. Yeah, I'm frustrated and tired. Think you're gonna win this crazy race? Damn right I am. I'm sitting here having a conversation with somebody who kidnapped me. Hmm. Who can blame anybody for kidnapping you? Who gave me laughing gas? Well, an awful beautiful laugh. You made me forget my favorite skirt back at the motel. It doesn't I didn't... matter. I've been terrific without it. What'd you expect, anyway? A gangbang or something like that. A gangbang? We're racers, not rapists. 
where he's like, oh, we're racist, <laughs> not rapists. It's like, well, how, how did yeah. she know? She did. She did. You literally grabbed her off of the street. How would she and drugged her? You're not a rapist. Yeah. And drugged her. The and drugged her. And drugged her. Yeah. <laughs> she comes to with that, they said they were, that They said they were racist, not rapists. Racists. Racers. Ra- ra- I'm sorry. Racers. Racist, ra- like racing. Okay. Yeah. Racers. Racers. <laughs> yes. Not that. No, not that. Don't get, oh, man. Bryce, don't get this the time. don't get this podcast flag god damn it oh my god racers, uh, racers. So, yes okay racers also so who who was that doctor by the way i didn't, Jack I didn't Elm. know who that okay is that his character all the time or was that a character for this or that was that he, he was that? he was a notorious heavy in movies this was actually he okay. usually played bad guys in movies uh but he had that weird eye and, and that's what usually mm-hmm. he had that droopy eye. And he said he actually got stabbed in the eye as a child. And that's how his eye went like that. But he usually, he usually played gangsters or uh, cowboys. Uh, so this was like a little, he was in comedies, but he was usually the straight man if he wasn't a comedy. So this was a, a different role for him where he actually got to do comedy in a movie. So this was really a different role for him. So for those of us who don't know, a heavy is just somebody who's cast that's fat, right? No. <laughs> God damn it, stop getting this stop getting this podcast flagged. Fucking chase. Fucking chase. A heavy uh, in movie talk is a person who played a bad guy. Because yeah. they would they would quote unquote lean on somebody. That so they were a heavy. I just I just have to choke in. <laughs> God. I mean, Scott, if anything, this movie is going to get itself flagged. Well, you yeah. Know? I mean, the, fucking Burt Reynolds said chocolate monk, dude. I mean, like, dude. <laughs> come on. I mean, and like, you know, I, I will say that all that most of the 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 stuff that you would say is uh, inappropriate or, you know, is, you know, the stuff that's not PC is pretty harmlessly not PC. And sure. but like at the same time, like isn't that kind of what the whole point is that there's nothing harmless with it? But there is a lot like there's a the whole thing with like them drugging and kidnapping this woman and it just being okay because Bruce uh Burt Reynolds is handsome is a little that's a little bit like okay, I don't know about that, you know. But uh, you know, I mean Dean Martin and and Sammy Davis Jr., that was their whole shtick was, you know, dealing with the the racism kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh I mean I I'm sure the the Jamie Farr, I mean Jamie Farr is not a chic. He's a white no. guy. He's uh, from, I don't I know. know him from uh MASH. He played Lebanese he played a person who was Lebanese in MASH. But they lean into that. But is he the is he the cross dresser in MASH? Yes, in MASH. Oh, okay. All right. No, no, you're talking about. But they really lean into the chic, uh, the chic stereotype, even to the point where they're smoking camels. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, more like Jamie Far East, if you know what I'm talking about. Oh, God! Stop doing this. Hey, they did it. They did it. All right. Uh, I love when he pulled into the the fast food place and just gets. totally hypnotized by that woman's boobs and tells her that he's coming back to get her for his harem later. 
Yes, a harem. Yes. Oh, my God. He gives her her a ring and pays for the fast food, says, keep the change, I'll come back and add you to my harem or something. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Here's how the scene works. He he orders a bunch of couscous burgers. Yeah, yeah, couscous (laughs) burgers. From a from a just a drive through in you know the middle of America, yes. mind you. Couscous. Oh my god! He pays for it with a ring, and then he drives away, and then he comes back <laughs> and hands her a wad of cash and says, yeah. "Physical." So he had, <laughs> so he had money just. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, he pays for it with a ring. You know, yeah. he's a he's a rich Arab. He, you know, they pay in jewelry, right? Is not yeah. up to par with ours. Yeah, and in case you, this is how we depict did, these people. In case you want to like justify, like, oh, I don't think they knew how, in, in like, uh, insulting or, or racial that that would be. The sheikh's name is Sheikh Abdul bin Falafel. Oh my god, dude. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, what's up guys? My name is Mike Hamburger. I'm an American white guy. Uh I sleep on a bed of Benjamins. Oh, uh, how am I gonna pay you? Do you take credit? Here you go. Here's a plastic card. Hey, yeah, I mean the whole hey, the whole character, most of what, what people like what what they know about uh, the, the Middle Eastern people is they ride camels and they eat couscous and falafel and they have harems, which yeah, like they, they you name know, their maybe that's true, maybe food. it's not, but there's got to be more. Yeah, it's very uh, surface level non PC. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's still it's still it's still not PC, but it's surface level. As Chase was saying before, they're not really, and this was supposed to be a lighthearted comedy, so they're not going to really <laughs> go deep into that. And yeah. this is 1981, well, it, and it was yeah, not and the, it was not looked down upon. This was looked at standard stuff that you could put in a movie. Right? Yeah, definitely, definitely of the time. I mean, there, I mean, it's yeah, no there's lie. A, there's a lot. That's of how that shit was yeah, back then. Well, you know, because we watched uh, for our podcast that you were on, we did Airplane, and Airplane did a lot of that too. Like, there's just things that you it it was considered lighthearted, which is where it goes from the you know where the difference between you know, something from 40 years ago and now is, you know, like that is no longer lighthearted. And if you're doing something that is like that offensive, it needs to be funnier or have a, have a different edge to it. It can't just be we're on the basis making fun of these people for being different than us. You know what I mean? And I think that's yeah. where the, the line changes. So, but uh, I just read here on the Wikipedia that it says the chic is the only character to appear in all three of the Cannonball Run films. So that character... Oh, they tripled down. They tripled down. (laughs) They did not back down from that one. But you will notice, Chase, Bryce, you didn't make it to the end of the movie, but the Sheik did not make it to the end of the movie. You don't see him in that big brawl at the end. He's not waiting in line. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm just wondering, because a lot of these people, from what they were saying... I listened to the DVD, the commentary. They would just come in for two days and shoot all their scenes. So, like Jamie Farr oh. would come in for two days and shoot all his scenes. And you can it feels tell, like that. Yeah, and you can tell with that uh, this guy making this movie, like he, whoever wrote it, didn't know how to write 
a movie very well. Like there's not a lot, or at least maybe it was just how it was shot or whatever, but like, there's not a lot of it's the whole movie, even as it stands, it, it just feels like a bunch of pieces put together and we're missing it. You know, it feels like you bought this puzzle at Goodwill and you put it all together and we're missing some of the pieces, you know, a, a corner here and like the middle of something over here where, uh, but there also that being said, there are actually some good payoffs in this movie, and a lot of it is like there's some earned jokes with the uh you know with the 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 Japanese car like uh going the four wheel and like the the rocket taking them out, you know, but then again they end up at the next in the next scene and they're fine, you know, or uh Adrian Bardot or Barbeau, their their whole gimmick is that they get pulled over for speeding, show their cleavage, and the cop lets them go. Well, the last time they get pulled over, blonde cop, uh, a woman, and she uh, doesn't care that they have their boobies out because she's straight, so it didn't work. And you but know? the cop <laughs> was the cop was a sexy young blonde. Don't you think that would have been yeah. funnier if it was an old grandma cop? Just like you know, why don't you put those away? You know, just like yeah. Or, or yeah, it didn't have to like also. That. Mine used to look like that twenty years ago. Now zip up and give me your license. I think it right. Would, there, there's a very specific female representation in this movie where it's just yeah. all young and all sexy. There's no... Oddly enough, in the second one, they have more uh, age-appropriate female characters in it. Uh, but in this one, it's, there's not there's not a one, except for Roger I, Moore's mother at the beginning, uh, of, the, yeah. at the beginning of the yeah. movie. Right, yeah. Now that would have been funny if Roger Moore's mother was also like a young blonde or whatever, you know, showing her titties <laughs> yeah. and shit. Like, they just they just couldn't fucking help themselves. But well, they're like, well, we do have this more age appropriate person, but those titties though. Wouldn't have been funny. Those titties on the screen. Wouldn't have been funny if Roger Moore's mom won the cannonball. It was. <laughs> she was like the, uh, some spy twist. twist all the way. It was, yeah. yeah, you see this car with dark windows. You don't know who it is. It's a mystery, and then at the end, it's Roger Moore's mom. Well, that, okay. that's going to be the M Night Shyamalan remake. <laughs> who who was on the motorcycle? I recognized the 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 thinner guy on the motorcycle, but I couldn't figure out where I pl- like where I recognized him from. Bert Convy. He was a game show host. Oh, okay. Um, and I don't know who the other guy was. I've never, he's just a character actor, but Burt Convy, well, like people, uh, Burt Reynolds, he, he's like Adam Sandler now. He would use the same people in his projects. So a lot of these people in this movie were, were Burt Reynolds friends. I don't know. I don't know if uh, Burt and Burt Reynolds went on to produce the game show, Win, Lose, or Draw, which Burt Convy hosted. Oh, Okay. Yeah, okay, that's where I recognized him from. I, I used to watch that on Game Show Network, the reruns of that one, win, lose, or draw. But yeah, so like, the, and there, there's a couple of those things where again, you're you're like, they could have used any, um, uh, like woman teams because like they didn't end up doing it, or they could have just added in. I mean, this movie is an hour and thirty two minutes. If you're going for, uh, you know, a lot more names, add a couple more teams in and cut uh you know uh a, a couple of the scenes with Burt Reynolds I mean we you know there's there's a there's like four or five scenes with Burt Reynolds and and uh, Dom DeLuise that you know don't really play I mean maybe they played better then I mean they, the Captain Chaos stuff kind of was 
uh, annoying more than funny. Oh, uh, we never talked about that. The captain. Yeah. So. Oh did, my God! What the fuck was that, dude? The shit. It was right in the beginning too. It was like, yeah. I. This is too much to start with. I don't Out know what's of nowhere, Dom DeLuise can become this character called Captain Chaos, and when he becomes Captain Chaos, he's a, literally a superhero. He's able to do superhero things. Farrah Fawcett is just put in there too. It's like she has that scene with Burt Reynolds, and then she has that scene with Dom DeLuise talking about Captain Chaos. Victor, I don't know how to ask you this. Uh, isn't it a little strange having that guy running around inside your head? Oh, he's not in here. He's out there somewhere, helping people. Oh. He's always helping people. He'd help you. He would? He likes you. Well, how did he find you? I mean, how did you two get together? Well, when, when, when I was real young, I didn't have any friends like I do now. Like JJ. Like JJ. One day, I was in the schoolyard. Nine guys were beating me up pretty good. And there he was. Dun, dun, dun. Captain Chaos? Yeah, out of the blue. Pow! Slam! Bam! I sure was grateful. <laughs> Great! <laughs> yeah, oh, nobody bothered me at school after that. I wish I had a friend like that. Well, first you need a mask and a cape. I think I'd like mine to be pink. Almost everything I wear is pink. Everything? Even, um... Uh... Oh, I don't wear any. You don't? Uh-uh. It's a mental issue... But it's yeah. glazed. Yes. It's glazed <laughs> over. It's it's, uh, but... it's a pretty serious mental issue. Yeah, and and with deep seated like emotional roots from his childhood, where he literally thinks he becomes a different person because he used to get picked on at school to the point where he had a literal mental snap where he saw himself as a as a, watch himself beat up an entire group of children he saw himself as a bigger person outside beat up these kids and it kept happening in throughout his life whenever something somebody's in trouble he turns into a different person who can like tyler durden style see himself and there's like cause chaos it is really scary <laughs> <laughs> but but they wrote it as if his powers were real though i didn't catch that part they actually wrote it as if his powers were real when he you turned into captain it. chaos yeah because you missed it at the end yeah there's a giant fight and he's he's invulnerable he can deflect uh, this guy attacks him with a wrench and he deflects it he he actually brings down an entire building he crushes an entire building wow yeah, th- there was there was a scene uh towards the end when uh this is the scene with uh, that I mentioned with um, Peter Fonda. Uh, they're all at this like roadhouse gas station area, and they're all waiting. Oh, they're, yeah, they're waiting for the the road to open up, and they've all met back up, and they're like ten blocks away from the end of the race, but the road is closed. And right next to them is this like truck or this biker stop, and somebody goes over there and starts a fight with these bikers. One of them is Peter Fonda, and they all end up. Uh, deciding all the the cannonballers are like well screw this let's go and they all get out of their cars and they all go fight and it's like you know 50 people all fighting uh including uh jackie chan who has 
like a great little fight scene that's almost really well choreographed or shot. It's well choreographed, not well shot again. But uh, he does do a full on Jackie Chan uh, karate fight where he fights off like eight or nine uh, bikers at once. And like they're nice. all fighting. And uh, but Captain Chaos is the one who like tears down the, the shop. And then the, the fight ends with the roads open. Let's go. And they all just run and then they go. So like now there's a funny part where they all leave except Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan wants to stay and fight. So everybody else is is like running to the end of the cannonball, and Jackie Chan just stays around a little bit more to kick a little more ass. Oh wow. He he stands there and waits for everyone to get up and then fights them all at once and then leaves. Yes. (laughs) Or gets I think he gets dragged off by his friend or whatever. Uh, what was Jackie think... Chan's character's name? Jackie Chan. I think it was Jackie Chan. Oh, yeah. oh it was just Jackie yeah. Chan. When they, when they, okay. introduced, or they might not have said Chan. It might have just been Jackie. But I do know that they said Jackie when he was being. It was like right towards the beginning of the movie, and he was on a uh, like a Japanese television show or a Japanese talk show. Talking yes. about his, yeah, Japanese talk show, and he was being interviewed as. Oh a yeah, player. yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. At the and beginning they of the movie, Jackie. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They did, and I don't think he knew English at the time when he was. I, mean, I don't think oh. he had. Yeah, he didn't. This, I mean, I don't know when. When was his first American movie? This was, was this his one? first American movie. Wow. Yeah. Well, unless you so count, so uh, we have a uh, Burt Reynolds to thank for Jackie Chan. Then uh, yes, unless you count uh, Enter the Dragon, where he has he's in one of the. Yeah, group fight. He's a background guy. Yeah. Which we just covered on our podcast. You should check it out. The Movie Gap. (laughs) Chase and Bryce have uh, their podcast, The Movie Gap. How have you not seen this? Basically, the concept of that is Bryce has not seen a bunch of movies in his lifetime, and Chase has. So they they look at uh, fairly famous movies, and Chase is looking at it through old eyes. Bryce is looking at it through new eyes, and they talk about it. I've been a guest on their show several times. It's a great mm-hmm. podcast. I've always enjoyed being on it, and I'll put the link to their podcast in the description of this podcast. Yeah, the awesome. Enter the Dragon episode is actually special because I had ne- actually never seen it, and Bryce had. So we got to flip the script on that one, which was interesting. So if that's the and first it's even more watch, special because yeah. I was supposed to have my dad on and completely forgot that I agreed to that arrangement. So we did it without him, much to his surprise. <laughs> but you don't find out about that until later. Yeah, spoilers. But anyway, back back to this movie. So yeah, and then the the Captain Chaos comes back. So he fights there. And then in that last, because he is still Captain Chaos, right, Scott? He's at the end there. He's Captain Chaos, and then when he runs back to the van, he takes the mask off, and he's not. Yeah. But then and he, then but then he immediately puts it back on. Yeah, because they want him to do the last ten uh, miles or ten blocks mm-hmm. as Captain Chaos, so he could outrun all the rest of. It. Because at the very end, once that road opens back up where they have the fight, it is it is just a ten mile or ten block sprint. Uh, in their in their cars to the to the very end of the race and whoever gets there is going to win which i don't really understand since they all were they all started uh you know staggered you know what i mean so like i did i never understood that i've i've watched this movie for 40 years and i've never understood that because they're you're right they're staggered 
and I don't know it's staggered how. on purpose. Yeah. It, yeah. To me, what what it was is uh, poor screenwriting. Well, NASCAR races are staggered. Yeah. Well, the but I think that the the Cannonball Run probably that that's something that they got from the Cannon, where the best way to do it is we will have the starting line right here. We'd all start at the same time, but you clock in to get that exact time, you know, so that it is uh, staggered in that way. And uh, that's probably something from the real Cannonball Run. And then when you get to the end of a race cinematically, that doesn't work as well as an actual what ends up being a foot race to the very end. So, like, they did it where it was like, oh, if you clock in first, you win. Yeah, I mean, the way they did it was the way to do it for a movie. It would yeah. it would have been totally anticlimactic if they all walked up and Adrian Barbeau snaps in, but then it's like, well, Sheets doesn't win wait, wait, because what, her time... What, yeah. what time did you get? What time did you get? Yeah. Wait, well, who and ends then, up winning? And then also... They they also they would she uh Adrian Bar- Barbeau the the two women and the what, what oh, were okay. they driving the black and, and I'll give it that to the movie car. the the only women driving are the ones that won so that was I, I give that to the movie yeah but they only won because Captain Chaos had to stop to go save a woman's dog <laughs> he he fought out in front of everybody and then Burt Reynolds jumped on top of everyone in a pile to make them all stop so that only he was running and then Barbeau uh, came up behind him it was neck and neck and, and uh, uh, Dom DeLuise was in front and then a woman says oh no my baby just went off into the bay and he is the the protector of the, the underdog and jumped in the water to save that dog letting uh, Adrian Barbeau win and then everybody smiles, laughs, and has champagne. I'll tell you what, if one of the funniest things you'll ever see in your life is Dom DeLuise running. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Chase, you said you had some scenes written down. Are, are there other scenes you want to cover that you had written down? Yeah, so, um, I mean, a lot of it was just, we, we've kind of talked about it. I, I did want a little bit about um, the... Uh, the the spy car again. I I was getting frustrated because they kept hinting that he was in the spy car, but nothing was happening. You know, it was all don't touch that. You know, you'll eject it. I was like, well, I wonder if he really has a spy car because he's not really James Bond or Roger Moore. But then in one scene, it is a hundred percent the spy car from James Bond. They have smoke screens and oil slicks and uh, the 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 license plate that rotates okay that that guy who is trying to get them all shut down who originally was partnered with farrah fawcett before she's kidnapped and then just switches sides there's no real payoff for that guy and even when he like gets people pulled out of line they're back later so i don't understand what his purpose in this film was other than to i guess be an antagonist that didn't really work he was yeah he was the one that was trying to get it shut down i most of all the the racers in this movie, there's no, and this is something, there's no real asshole, like, uh, like a driver who, I mean, there's, there's that, you know, what happens between Burt Reynolds, Dom DeLuise and Dean Martin and, and Sammy Davis Jr. But for the most part, there's no evil driver in there trying to take everybody out. So I guess this movie did need an antagonist and that's what this guy was for. And he would get beat up during the movie. Stuff would happen to him during the movie. I think you're right, Chase. I think the only way, the only reason he is in there is to have an antagonist in the movie. 
Yeah, well, and then at the end, he doesn't even get launched. Or Roger Moore goes in and can't figure out why the guy didn't get launched, and then he gets launched. So, which is yeah. like, why doesn't the bad guy get it? But I guess he's also not really a bad guy because he failed at his mission. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So throughout all throughout the movie, all these women in Roger Moore's car want to light a cigarette, and they want to use the lighter. And Roger Moore, throughout the entire movie, says, "Don't touch that lighter." And then at the end of the movie, he tells this guy, Mr. Foyt, to yeah. light a cigar in his car, and nothing happens. And then Roger Moore gets ejected into the water. One hey, eight, one eight, old chap, I suggest you get a grip on yourself or better on one of these. I'll take anything. And feel free to use the lighter in my car, Mr. Um, Foyt. Foyt. You wait till he touches that lighter. <laughs> Ain't nothing happening. It's funny. Excuse me. Mr. Point. How did you like that? Well, with the lighter, of course. <clears throat> That's odd. Yeah, and then everyone laughs, and they break open the champagne, and it uh, pans out, or zooms out into a dolly shot, and it's the, the movie's over with the strangest music for the end of this film. It was like a bunch of children singing. It was odd enough that it could have been like, the end of the like if that was the end music at midsummer i would have been fits like this is creepy you know, it, it kind of it, it actually reminded me of, of wicker man the end of the original wicker man with like the chanting uh you know folk songs is what it really sounded like but the end of this giant race movie and uh it's just this weird la 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 i'm surprised because burt reynolds is a big country music fan i'm and most of, i'm surprised there wasn't a big country music song at the end of this which is usually associated with NASCAR and racing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Right. But this this mu- this soundtrack had a lot of like a lot of horns. That's what the that's what the background music was. And it didn't you're right about the music chase. I never realized that, but it's really you, you figure you know you have a race, you'd have like shit kicking music behind it. Yeah, we are we are anti uh heroes. We are, you know, anti-establishment fuck the 55 speed limit this is a race you know and then it's like la-di-da la-di-da but at the end of the movie they showed bloopers from the movie oh yeah and this is where that whole thing started i i believe this was the first movie that did that and that was that was how needleman that was how needleman's idea to keep people through the credits so i will say that I will say that most of the bloopers, Bryce, if, if you said you didn't get to see them, are Dom DeLuise breaking and laughing and being genuinely afraid that Burt Reynolds is going to hit him, which he then does a lot. Every time he breaks character and starts laughing, Burt Reynolds smacks the shit out of him. Are you kidding <laughs> me? Yeah, as a joke, and it, hurt, but you can see it. It's oh, like no, a you real can, slap. You can see yeah. him getting hit. He, he yeah. hits him hard. Yeah, and, and like the the uh, 
the the way that Dom DeLuise takes the slap is very much like I deserve this, but also please don't do it because it hurts. In the <laughs> middle of laughing because he can't stop laughing, and, and it's oh just like God. hard to laugh. And like Burt Reynolds, like in, in just like full on bully fashion, just kind of like smiling, like fucker, let's get this hot. Like it just, it is yeah. very much like schoolyard bully act of just like slapping wow. the shit. Yeah, it's it's pretty. And those are those are the the, the riotous outtakes. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's wow. a few other ones in there where it's just like somebody s- slipping up on their lines or whatever. But most of them are are Dom DeLuise being afraid of getting hit by Burt Reynolds. <laughs> wow. The very reason, the very reason he became Captain Chaos is what Burt Reynolds is doing to him in the credits. Yeah, 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 (laughs) that's right. That's right. Yeah, he was using the outtakes as as a character motivation, you know, to become the fucking guy. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I didn't have uh, too many other like specific notes. I did have a a note about the the disturbing conversation between. uh, Dom DeLuise and uh, Farrah Fawcett where it's like you know we're learning about his deep-seated psychological issues where he needs help because he has a split personality uh, and the main focus of that scene is uh, Farrah Fawcett telling everyone that she doesn't wear underwear like that seems to be more important to the scene than, than who Captain Chaos is so I just thought that was interesting everything is surface level on this movie uh mental illness uh you know politically incorrect politically incorrect political pc uh, being non-pc it's it's all not it's just a, it's a race movie and everything this movie is what it is this movie is not hiding anything there's no deeper meaning to this movie yeah. it's like and when you say when you say race movie you mean a movie about a actual start to finish race, not a race of people. Yes, yes, a racing movie. God damn it, you're gonna get this. <laughs> We're gonna get banned. Oh, yeah. Hey, they're they're racist, not rapists. You know. <laughs> Stop saying that. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much all I, all I have specifically. We got we hit most of it. I, a lot of my notes were just like, "Wait, what's happening now?" What's like towards the beginning, and then again at the end, where it's just like, "Well, we're cutting from here. Now they're on a boat. Now they're on a plane. Now they're getting beer. Now they're in an ambulance." Oh, okay. Now now the movie starts, and then it was an hour in, which was just very, you know. Yeah, long. man, that was the other thing about only seeing the beginning of it, or you know, the beginning parts of it was just like, I didn't. I spent you know 45 to an hour watching it and i didn't see no racing you know yeah. and i'm like what like, the fuck is going on there were there were parts of like in that where you know multiple people and multiple characters crashed cars like uh um you know when they were yeah i saw a few of those or, yeah and, yeah, and yeah. Then, uh, uh, uh terry bradshaw crashed into a pool and i was like oh they're out of the race <laughs> the race hadn't started yet they were just getting right yeah 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 Again, the start line that was a, uh, a staggered start <laughs> through a through a, a time clock that then ends where everyone has the same time again. Yeah, it 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 does not hold up to uh, much uh, plot scrutiny. I, I no, say. well, everything is surfaced, including the plot. Yeah. yeah, yeah now I have a special. Yeah. This movie is special to me. I like. I've been watching this movie for forty years. 
So I, I have a different opinion of it. Uh, this is one of my childhood movies, but I can definitely yeah. understand how, how you guys would not care for the movie. And that's why I wanted you guys oh, on I here. Mean, I wanted fresh eyes on yeah, an uh, old movie. Well, one of the movies that we watched uh, for our podcast was, um, well, Big Top Pee Wee, which uh, I now know was a piece that of That Scott was I on. Guess. Yeah, Scott, you were you, you actually yes. guessed on, guessed it on that at the end. And then another one we did was uh, um, Never Ending Story, which like I remember watching and loving over and over and over again. And I feel like it wasn't that long ago that I watched it. And I was like, oh, man, this movie holds up. And then when we watched it for the podcast, I realized, wow, this is this is trash. <laughs> yeah, like, this was absolute trash. It makes less sense than Cannonball Run. So, you know, this at least is this at least is, uh, you know, a, a bare bones structure of a movie. But it does end up working like it doesn't it doesn't it's not just you know uh yeah bryce didn't you since you didn't get to see the ending it is all brought back together even though it's very surface level everything is brought back to the ending five minutes with the fight and the final race to the race to the finish line so it is all they do bring it all back together they do it very sloppily and very magically like, how did everybody get here? Nobody knows, but they're all here. So, yeah, yeah it, gotcha. It, it's that 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 Deus Ex Machina of the road being closed, and it must be the only road to get to the the finish line. And everybody had all of their troubles, and we just cut from them having those troubles to they're all here, they're all waiting. You know, aside from like the Sheik, uh, apparently they. And they honestly, of- what are the odds that only one road would get you to the finish line? Yeah, from from like yeah, I, I guess because it's on the the bay, but like also wherever that road is that they're stuck at is not ten uh, blocks away from any bay. No, where they're, they're at, in yeah, that where they're stranded, it's desolate, and and then yeah. like a minute later, they're in downtown San Francisco, so or where, yes, yeah, they well they literally pass the 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 part of the road that was blocked, which was this mountain of dirt for no reason and like all of a sudden they said oh it's open the mountain of dirt is gone they cross that mountain of dirt and they go we have to get there we only have 10 blocks and they're all there together so yeah it's it's very i i you know i almost say cartoony i guess is the best way no it's very it. like, cartoony it's, not, it's very yeah, cartoony. there's no reality to it yeah and, and, and I, think I, found that's how, I think that's how you got to watch it with no reality uh, yeah, and you know, it's it's I I you know I almost expected it to be a little more. Speaking of cartoons, like like Wacky Racers, like there's the bad guys and the good guys, and and they're you know some of them are just racing, some of them are you know the hero team, and they're you know the bad guys that are trying to uh, get everybody disqualified or whatever. But really, it's just them all racing, and they're all friends at the end. And like like we said, there's the yeah, there's the no bad feeling down. Every yeah, which is I guess that's a kind of nice message too. It's like we we all raced against each other, but at the end we're still all friends. Um, yeah, it's not, and it's not about it, like it isn't even about the money or the winning. It's just the bragging rights of winning. Yeah, you know, and, and everybody had fun doing it. I guess. Though I get the one thing about this, it's not a mean spirited movie. You can watch yeah. this movie, and there's no, as we said, there's no really evil character. There's not. There's a couple of scenes. There, sure, there's a couple of scenes, but it's not really mean spirited. Uh, and well, yeah, as long as you're not Middle Eastern, it's not mean spirited. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
uh, it, it, I, I shouldn't say it was it's it was not trying to be mean spirited, yeah, even though at trying. the time a couple of lines are very mean spirited. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I am uh, really glad that I saw it. And uh, especially since, like, it's one that apparently I would never be able to see because <laughs> you cannot find it. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm glad I saw it. And, you know, I mean, the only thing I really knew about it, I knew that it existed. I've heard of it many times. And, um, you know, like, I know that it was uh, on uh, Celebrity Jeopardy uh, when, when, you know, how Burt Reynolds or what's his name? Uh, Norm McDonald. Uh, Norm McDonald played Burt Reynolds. And oh, what dude. It was, uh, this movie proved that cannonballs can run. <laughs> Mr. Riddles, you were in this film. <laughs> but then, of course, they all got it wrong. That, I think that's the only thing I really knew about this movie going in. Because like I said, I, I thought it was uh, Smokey until I started, and I was like, wait, I'm thinking of Smokey and the Bandit. I know, Bryce, it. you didn't get a chance to see the whole thing. Is there anything that you wanted to, anything you can add to this? I mean, I, I have no recommendation as far as watching it or not. I didn't finish it, so anything that I say as far as that goes would not be fair. Uh, but I will say that uh, as as wild as uh, the 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 bit that I did get to see was uh, that I, I you know I, I'd agree with Chase. Uh, I would yeah. agree with Chase's sentiment on it. I mean, we we talk a lot about like uh, on our podcast when we come across these old movies. A lot of times we talk about them from the '90s or the '80s, and you know we go more action style or whatever. We say that this is a uh, a perfect little time capsule of what this uh, time period was in filmmaking. You know, like um, we just did uh, the Michael Bay, um, The Rock. You know, and like like this perfect little time capsule of what movies looked like that were just done for you know, making money and uh, what what is found enjoyable and what was a hit. And I think that's kind of what this is exactly for this time period. You know, I mean, this was four years after Star Wars, uh, one year after, you know, Blues Brothers, you know, which would be more of the the kind of genre of this film or whatever. You know? So it's 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 just interesting to, to see it. I, I really think it's worth worth watching. All right. Well, I want to thank my guest, Chase and Bryce. Thank you guys for being on, uh, being on this podcast. And uh, hopefully I look forward to be on your podcast again sometime. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. And I want to thank everybody for listening to the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson podcast. We'll see you back here next time. Thank you, Scott. Fucking Bryce. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> To support this podcast, please go to www.patreon.com slash Scott White and give what you're able. If you're listening on iTunes, please give a review. This should help people find the podcast when they're searching. Uh, No matter what services you use to listen, please leave feedback. We always want to improve. Thank you for listening to the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson podcast.
What do you do when you've done it all?